As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. It's a new day! Yes, it is! Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Wild and Crazy! Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hogan for the win. We're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. Most important piece is we're going to take the North and never give it back. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogan. I don't think that this is a, bit, a full rebuild, but you definitely have to retool your roster. And from the Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Hey, what's up, Flues? And we're going to have measurable ways for standards of performance every single rep, every single game. Anyway, uh, who cares? Now, here they are, the Adams. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in Hogan Johns with you as we preview the Bears' tough week five game against the Minnesota Vikings in Minneapolis. Can't believe it's already week five. <laughs> you can't open every podcast with you not believing that the current week is the current week. Yes, I can. No, you can't. You've done Why it like not? three in a row, I think. No, that's two. No, it's not even three in a row. At it's- least two in a row. No, two weeks in a row on the preview episode, maybe. Okay, fine. I'll give you that if you want to be specific. <laughs> well, that's we do three pods a week. That's that's different. <laughs> um, what's going on? Nothing. Nothing. No David Montgomery at practice. No Jalen Johnson at practice. Could be a week up there in Minneapolis. Could be a week. Yeah, why even play the game at this point? Right? <laughs> well, you have to. <laughs> Kirk Cousins has to play somebody. Yes. Well, maybe that's the hope. Your guy, Kirk Cousins, throws seven interceptions in this game. <laughs> I got a question for you about Kirk Cousins later in this podcast. Oh, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Uh, anyway, welcome in. Follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Read Johnsy on The Athletic, athletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can read me at allchgo.com if you're not already signed up there. The Bears Things newsletter this week was unlocked for everybody to read, so you can check that out at allchgo.com. Merch up at obviousshirts.com. At this point, the shirt I'm wearing today is like an old school shirt. I was going to say, that's a classic. Yeah, it's one of the originals. HJQ. That's right. Harold Harold Jones Cordy. I think we got to come out hard and stay hard. Whatever happened to that guy? I'll Google it right now. Keep talking. <laughs> he bounced around the league a little bit. He did. It's not he wasn't like a bad player at all. It's not like he just disappeared. He, he, per- he did play hard and fast. Though. I'll, I'll give yeah. I'll give him that. I feel like his... Um, he, he's been out of the league for a little bit. Last team was the Chiefs in 2019. He played in 2020 for the St. Louis Battlehawks, whatever that is. I don't know what that is either. Um, That's it. It's all, it's all I'm giving you. I want to say his best game was one of those games down in Tampa. I think he had an interception. Yeah, I think I remember writing about him after one of those games. Um, but anyway, he lives on with a Hogan John shirt on obviousshirts.com. All right, let's jump into this, John. The, uh, you hinted at it off the top. The injury report would 
I feel like you can live without David Montgomery. I feel like not having Jalen Johnson, especially this week. Because let's just be honest. This is the best group of weapons the Bears have faced so far this season. Uh, You know, yes, you faced Aaron Rodgers a few weeks ago, but he didn't really have any wide receivers to throw to. You had the running backs in that game. That's got to be the closest. But they didn't really have any pass catchers that you were that you were terrified of. This Minnesota team has two really good wide receivers, a really good running back. You've shown no no way to stop the run at this point. Um, so I, I I think this is easily the toughest test that the defense is facing. Jalen Johnson will be missed. Jalen Jones also missed practice with an illness, so that doesn't help in terms of preparation. No. The undrafted rookie who's seeing a lot of time right now. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I have an over under on, on Justin Jefferson's catches that we could get to later. But like, even if Jalen Johnson is healthy, it's a tough matchup. Well, let's talk about regardless this of cornerback. Like, we, the Bears could have Jalen Ramsey, and it's a tough matchup. So Jalen Johnson's missed two games now with an injury he suffered in practice. Still not practicing as of yesterday. Um, you got to think that the fact that they never put him on IR, that at a minimum, they're hoping he's back by next week. Yeah. Right? Just, I mean, you, you do the timetable there. The four-week timetable. But it was also weird how the first week he, and it probably, I'm just guessing, with some gamesmanship and a little bit of fibbing on the injury report, but the week he got hurt, they listed him as questionable for the game. And then last week, he was just DNP all week, and he was out, ruled out on Friday. One thing I want to bring up on this, when you have like soft tissue injuries, one thing I've learned throughout covering the Bears over a decade now is that different regimes handle them differently. Some are more cautious. Some like to push players to see what they can handle. Maybe that applies to the Bears because Velas Jones Jr., as has been well established now in this podcast, had a setback <laughs> yeah. with his hamstring injury. Some soft some tissue f- things can be problematic. They can linger. Some players can fight through them faster. They're they're just different. I I've, didn't Jake Cutler have uh he put that art machine like on his groin? Yeah. To to shock himself back into action. Literally shocked himself back into playing. Although I think some of that was more serious uh and just a soft tissue injury. We'll learn more about that later. But players are different. Regimes are different. Some franchises tell you not even to run hard to first base. <laughs> this is not a White you, Sox podcast. You can play, Your season but, is over. You can play, but does don't run hard. Don't <laughs> hustle. Matt Eberflus is not doing that. He's telling Matt, you that to would run go against the, twice that as would fast go, as that, you were capable of. Yeah, that would go against the hits principle, I think. Yes. That would be the shit's principle. But to, <laughs> to your point, that might be why th- this is a regime potentially that's a little bit more cautious. Because if you can't live up to the hits principle, then you probably shouldn't be on the field, right? Like I think yes, yes. Like if you also, can't go one hundred percent, if you can't hustle one hundred percent, if you can't play with the intensity they want, then they're probably then not going to put you out there. Then don't play. Generally speaking, I do think it's a good sign when like you see the players around. When you just don't see them, when they disappear and they're always in the training room, like that's a bad sign. That's ominous. Mm-hmm. Jalen Johnson's been around. David Montgomery's been around. Just like when Ro- Roquan Smith had his injuries or was on the injury, rep- injury report with injuries, he was always around. But that doesn't mean they're going to play. I thought it was a positive sign for David Montgomery that he was actually going through some type of workout before last game. That's encouraging. I do think they need him. I know what you're saying with Khalil Herbert, how it's different than Jalen Johnson, but I do think that Giants game showed that they missed David Montgomery a bit too. Like if you're going to try to keep the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands, you need David Montgomery in this one. And right now you're looking at Treston Ebner backing up Khalil Herbert. Well, to be honest, when Montgomery went down, I thought he was going to miss a decent amount of time anyway. Yeah, yeah, that didn't look good. So I wasn't really expecting him to be back at this point. Um, and I do agree. I do think that they miss him. I just think in a game like this, when you look at the matchup, it's like, man, not having Jalen Johnson, 
not being able to stop the run. This is uh this is a tough tough task for the Bears that they have this week. All right, the other news that came out yesterday, Nikhil Harry is back practicing. The practice window is open. He has three weeks to be activated off IR. Otherwise, he is out for the year, but it sure seems like at some point he will be in the next few weeks. Probably not this week, though. No, it doesn't look like this week. Again, you're learning how different regimes want to handle injuries. We'll see. We'll see. That game against New England, I, I would imagine, is circled on the calendar for Nikhil Harry. His former team has to get rid of that bus label, being a first-round pick. So I, I imagine he's going to press himself to get into back back into action for that one, but that's a couple weeks away. And then Cody Whitehair, not surprisingly, goes on IR with that knee injury. I mean, I guess the good news here is it's not a season-ender. Matt Eberflus did make that clear this week. But this is still a massive loss on the offensive line because he has been your best offensive lineman so far this season. Yeah, yeah. Again, your offensive line, left tackle Braxton Jones, left guard Lucas Patrick, center Sam Mustafer, right guard Tevin Jenkins, right tackle Larry Borum. I, I do wonder if Sam Mustafer struggles as he did Sunday against the Giants. Like if those problems continue, like throughout the duration of this game against Minnesota, do you see some changes after this weekend? I would imagine they have to be on the table because Sam Mustafer cannot be as bad as he was against the Giants. I'm I'm still not sure that they don't happen this week. You think he you think he's lying? Well See, I, I think he said that to get ahead of the question. You think he's But he hasn't a, done that about issue. anything it's true. Lineup injury wise the entire season going back to the no, first day of training. He's done it a couple of times, but it did felt it felt notable because this is those those are your starters. And then he went now, if you're now listening, the Vikings know. Yeah, and if you were listening carefully through the rest of that press conference, he was critical of the interior offensive line. Yes, very. I like asked he had, one of the questions about the line. So they're well aware that Sam Mustafer struggled last week. And I still can't get over the fact, Johnsy, that they signed Lucas Patrick to be the center. That's where they put him. They had <laughs> Sam Mustafer at guard back in OTAs. Now, I realize he was on they, the bubble. He, he was on my roster bubble heading into to camp. Yes, absolutely. When, when you do those roster projections, I had him potentially off the team, especially when they signed Michael Schofield and Riley Reef. I'm like, oh, this is not bold well. For Sam Mustafer, or even Tevin Jenkins at that point, because the right guard move hadn't been made. But then you get the injury to Lucas Patrick, and things opened up for Sam Mustafer. And can I give him some credit? He's filled in admirably up to the point of the trip to New Jersey. Mm. He's been better than serviceable. A tad. But I think the the game against the Giants showed just how bad he can be. Let's see where I got him at. So week one, I had him playing as a starter. Week two, zero, which means reserve. Week three, zero. Week four, he was, you should be benched. So, okay in week one. Otherwise, it hasn't been that good. Sounds this conversation would be a little bit different for me if Lucas Patrick has been, like, dominating at guard. If you're like, man, Lucas Patrick looks so good at guard, we don't want to move him to center. But he hasn't. He hasn't been that good. No. So, like, that's where I'm like, get Lucas Patrick at the position you wanted him to play. And, hey, it may help the quarterback, too. Because there were multiple blown protection calls last week. Yes. And that's... Lots and lots of blitzing. And that ain't going to stop. Yeah. I blitz the hell out of the Bears right now. Yeah. Well, no one blitzes more than the Giants. I could look up the blitz rates of the Vikings right now if you want, but. Yeah, I'm guessing it's not high because, I mean, it's at Donatel. And the Bears didn't blitz a ton under Vic Fangio. So they're just for the difference of blitz capacity. 
The New York Giants blitz 45.3% of the time. That number went up considerably after the Bears game, too. Make note of that. The Vikings are near the bottom. So that Giants number is the most in the league. The Vikings are closer to the Bears. The Bears blitz the have the second fewest amount of blitzes. They're at 12.7%. The Vikings are just a tad bit higher at 18.2% blitz rate. Uh, yeah, I would uh, increase that this week if I was the uh, Vikings <laughs> coaching staff. And we know, having covered Adonatel and Vic Fangio, that 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 defense is capable of dialing up different blitzes. I think a lot of times it's, it's not that they're sending five rushers. The confusion is that they're sending, like, who is the fourth rusher? Yep. That's what Vic is good at. And they, they don't show their cards the very last second, you know, before the snap. They're very good at disguising things. So we'll see. All right, well, we have a very special guest coming up here in a few minutes. Um, longtime Hogan Johns guy who shares the same name as us. Just as a little tease. But let's uh, get through the three big questions first before we number one. get to our guest. Number one. Three-faceted question here. What do you think that Justin Fields, Ryan Poles, and Matt Eberflus think when they look and watch Justin Jefferson on film and then on Sunday? Well, I Go think with Ju- Fields first. Yeah, I think uh, Justin Fields is probably like... Darnell Mooney, why can't you be that guy? Oh, ouch. Well, produce like that. I think he's a bit envious. Okay, how about Ryan Poles? Ryan Poles is like, I need to go get one of those guys. Okay, and Matt Eberflus? Scared to death. (laughs) Sleepless nights. (laughs) Number two. That's not cliche talk. That's real talk. Number two. Like, okay, my thought on number one, Justin Jefferson is a true number one receiver. Oh, yeah. Top two, three receiver in the league. That good, that dynamic. Number two. Should we be giving Kirk Cousins more respect on this podcast? This is a serious question. No. Is he hit the Mike Lennon drop? Uh, probably not. Kirk Cousins is what he is, man. He's. Can I give you? Can I give you some stats? The only reason is. I bring this up is, is is that now you have Kirk Cousins, oper- like you have the Bears operating in a system that Kirk Cousins has excelled in over the years, right? There, there's their similarities. Yes. Even before Kevin O'Connell was there, Matty Rufus would tell you. The Kubiak tree was well established there. The Kubiak Shanahan tree was already a place in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins last year, yes, the Vikings went eight and eight, but he threw for over forty two hundred yards, had thirty three touchdown passes and seven interceptions, had a Pro Bowl season. Two years before that, Vikings go ten and five. He completed seventy percent of his passes, threw twenty six touchdowns, six interceptions. His Vikings career, he is 36, 30, and 1 with 130 touchdowns and 40 interceptions. I know he has his limitations, but in terms of honestly evaluating their quarterback situation against the Chicago Bears, I think Kirk Cousins has stabilized the position that has been a problem up there. I'm giving him a little bit more respect on this podcast. Shocker. Get your Kirk Cousins <laughs> propaganda out of here. The guy is what he is. He's a, he's a facilitator who happens to have a ton of good weapons to get the ball to. Good for him. But we've seen him in big games. We know how it goes. I'll give you that. Monday nights yeah. are different than Saturday afternoons for Kirk Cousins. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Should we bring in Adam Amin for our last question here? Sure. We might as well. What's up, Adam? Might as well. <laughs> Happy to be here, as always, in the triple Adam formation, my friends. How are you? This Good is the Adam. best formation. Absolutely. Uh, so if, for those that might not know this already, Adam has the call in Minnesota this weekend with the uh, for the Bears-Vikings game in that awesome stadium the Vikings have that Maybe the Bears will build someday nearby here. Glass windows and the, and, the, and the glass ceiling, so to speak, the the proverbial yeah. and literal glass ceiling. Uh, that's, yeah. that's Minneapolis. It's honestly one of my favorite. I, I know the horn is annoying. I know people are annoyed by the horn. I don't. I go in as a neutral observer and I enjoy the atmosphere that it creates. And yes, at some point, if they are moving and it feels more and more like they're moving, let's make something along those lines. It's a spectacular I, stadium. <laughs> it is. Really it's really nice. And the food's really good. That's also a big yeah. plus. Like, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, it's part of our part of the gig. Is the food good? The food's good. And as much as you might be annoyed by the horn, like the skull chant's actually pretty cool. Like, you got to give them credit for that. We lay out. I try to lay out when we come back from, from break. I just go, let's, let's hold the report because I want to see. I want to hear and see the thing. That, see, that's good TV right there. All right, so we're every week, Adam. We do this, uh, you know, our three big questions for the game. So we're we're on to number three here. So you can participate if you want. John's, go ahead. Sure. All right, number three. Well, the current narrative about the Bears' offense: young quarterback behind a bad offensive line with bad receivers and a first-time play caller. Change after this weekend. I guess the point I'm trying to make is it's everybody else's fault right now. Not Justin Fields. Will that remain in place after this weekend? I mean, mm. when you when you build it that way, when you frame it that way, it feels like there's a lot of problems, right? It's not just the Fields thing. It's not just the Getsy thing. It's not just an O-line thing. It's got to be some combination of all three of those things, right? Like when it's framed that way, that's what it feels like. And, you know, as you guys know, my partner for now a third year is Mark Schlereth, Super Bowl winning offensive lineman. So he cares a lot about sack numbers he cares a lot about pressure numbers and 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 pressure protection and all that and he goes uh, pass protection is a combination of things it's play calling first and foremost it's the offensive line having to be in lockstep with each other and then it's also the quarterback making the right read and the timing of the receivers as well i just came from indianapolis and i saw matt ryan and matt ryan's one of the most thoughtful articulate uh, perceptive people you're going to find to talk about the quarterback position. So when he talks about the offensive line, this is the highest paid O-line in the in the league right now in the Colts. And they have been dreadful in terms of pass protection. The running backs have not been particularly good. I thought they had some okay moments against Tennessee in the game that we called, but that's the highest paid O-line letting a veteran quarterback get hurt. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean the O-line's not good? Not necessarily. Does that mean that Matt Ryan suddenly doesn't know what he's doing? No, but it's a combination of a couple of things. The play calling hasn't been on point by any means just yet for Frank Reich and Matt Ryan. He doesn't necessarily know the whole system just yet. So we're getting into a situation for him where despite his knowledge, despite his experience, he's still messing up some of the verbiage in trying to call out protections. And at some point uh, he had said, I just want to yell at them sometimes move the effing protection to the left instead of saying aloo, 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 which was his Atlanta verbiage, which meant slide protection of the left. Uh, he didn't say what his, what his verbiage is now for slide to the left in Indianapolis, but it's different. And he forgets sometimes, and at some times he just wants to yell at Ryan Kelly, the center, and say, slide the damn protection to the left. So this is the type of stuff that a veteran QB with a really good, supposedly, offensive line is dealing with. So translate 
translate some of that to what the Bears are dealing with right now, it's similar problems. It's not just a Bears thing. It's a problem that plagues a lot of different teams in the NFL. I thought we were going to jump into like the electric slide there for a minute. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of cha-cha slide to the left. Like, like he's this close. He's this close to yelling that. Yeah, you know, and I and I think we've seen that with the Bears, right? Darnell Mooney runs the wrong yeah. route last week because it's the it's the the same term from the the old offense, special, different route, you know. Like, yeah. And and so that we got to remember too that this is a new offense for the Bears, and even the good players are going to struggle with this stuff from time to time. And yeah, you know, I I think that's the thing is too. Sometimes I think we all struggle with this, but like it can be all of the above. It can be that the Bears yeah. don't have a lot of good weapons and their offensive line is struggling and the young quarterback hasn't been playing well. So, But to get back to the question, Johns, like I, I think this current narrative probably is going to continue even after this weekend. Um, I think the last couple weeks, it was more, okay, Justin's really struggling because he really did have a couple bad games there. But last week was better. So like I, I think as long as he plays to last week's standard, which still wasn't great, but it was better... Right then probably more of the blame is going to fall on the, the situation around him than actually him. Does he elevate the play? Does he elevate the play call? And again, we're, we're looking at quarterbacks around the league that, are, that have the capability of doing that, right? They get a play call, they check, they make adjustments. Justin's not there yet, and that's okay. I'm not saying that he has to be there. That's the goal eventually for him to get there, get to a point where whatever is in the offense, whatever play calls come in, for that for that set, whether he gets two calls and knows the right check and knows the right kill and knows the right audible to go to, or he gets one play call and makes adjustments on his own at the line of scrimmage in a you know long passing down or whatever it may be because he slides the protection to the proper spot or he moves his running back up to help chip or he moves a hot route or he moves a receiver to the other side to set up a defense in a, in a fashion that he wants to. He can't manipulate the, the defense yet because he can't manipulate his own offense. Like you can't love your let let somebody love you until you love yourself, guys. I hope you know that. <laughs> and this is kind of what this is the football version of that. Until you know your own offense and have it down pat, you can't manipulate defenses. And these are all steps that every quarterback has to take over the course of their learning, their contextualizing, their development, and then their mastery of an offense. I think you guys had our buddy Carmen on the show yesterday for for CHGO. And she was talking about Tom Brady and how until the bye week, they didn't really have like a real grasp of the offense. Like people wonder like, oh, the bye week, it's good. Get rest and all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. But as you guys know, that bye week is where a lot of mistakes get fixed. And the Bears don't have a bye week until what, week 14, I want to say. Yeah. So like you don't have like you're absolutely learning on the fly right now until you get a Thursday night game. And then you have like two extra days over the weekend to maybe go over some stuff. There's not going to be a whole lot of ample opportunity to fix this stuff on, on outside of like game week, outside of real game planning stuff. So until you get him to that point where he knows this offense, like the back of his hands, like like Hogue, you talked about yesterday with Ohio State, you know, you let him do whatever he wanted to at Ohio State because he had a full grasp of the playbook and again the talent level on some of the teams, blah blah blah. You guys understand that, but. Like he had a grasp of what he wanted to do, so his skill set shined. He hasn't gotten to that point yet where he can grasp the offense, thus letting the deep ball get thrown. He holds on to the ball too long. We know that too. The offensive line hasn't protected at a high level. We know that as well. The play calling hasn't helped him out. The receiver's timing hasn't helped him out. Matt Ryan, I'll, I'll, I'll allude to something he said the other day, and it's so simple, and I've never heard another quarterback articulate this. He said, it does me no good if you're open before I'm ready to throw, and it does me no good if you're open after I was supposed to throw. You can get open. You can beat your corner, but if the timing of that win doesn't match up with the line and with the timing of my steps or with the timing of the pressures or whatever, it's not going to matter. It does me no good. So until I've heard, I heard that, it didn't really click with me how many layers have to be in great position for – a quarterback who doesn't have a full grasp of the offense to elevate the play call yet. I think you're getting some of that. And if you look at the Bears' schedule, that semi-bye, have you, it is coming up. They got Washington yeah. next week on Thursday. On Thursday, yeah. And not only do they have, like, forget a Sunday game, then they have a Monday night game yeah. in New England. So you have a great opportunity for some self-evaluation. Like, everything you're saying, Adam, it's, it's just a, it's like a reminder that the quarterback – has so much to do. Like, like he can control so much. 
Like when he's ready, he could get his protection in the right place. He could get to his hot read faster. He could yeah. make the adjustment within the play when needed. I, I think I don't know what your your partner Mark thinks, but I've always thought that sack rate is a more indicative of, of of quarterback play than the offensive line because he controls so much of that. But to your point, I don't think Fields is ready to control a lot of that right now because four games in new system hasn't played really a full sixteen game season. And he got all the moving pieces around them. Like uh, I've seen Philadelphia a couple times already, right? And obviously they're undefeated. Their offense looks really sharp. Jalen Hurts has been in that system now since October of last year, probably like mid to late October is when they really started to make this concerted effort to be more run heavy last year and allow Jalen to do some of the things that he's really confident in, which is RPO game, pull the ball a little bit more often. We're not seeing him pull the ball as much right now through the first four weeks because of two com- two two elements. He's more comfortable in the offense. It's just been there for a year. He's been running the same thing. It's the first time since high school he's had the same play caller, right, for back-to-back seasons. He's got Shane Steichen calling plays. Nick Sirianni's his head coach. He looks like he's in command of checks, of protections. Now, also, he's got one of the best offensive lines in the league right now, and it's a veteran line. And so, so yes, let's also take that into consideration when you got – Lane Johnson who hasn't given up a sack and you know two you know four score in seven years or whatever it is at this point like he's great their whole line is great so there's a factor there but he's been in that system now for 11 months and he's been running it in games for a while now it's almost a full sample size of one season and he came into the whole training camp running that same offense and the other element to this is AJ Brown yeah you have a six three six two six three legit 230. Slant over the middle is going to absorb contact from a light-hitting safety or from a light-hitting cornerback. He's going to beat guys over the top because he's got that speed. So everything that we've said, I'm sure you guys have said it. I've said it in the lead-up to the season where it's going to be a year. You're going to have to get him comfortable. You're going to have to go get an offensive line. You're going to have to pay for it with all that cap space you're going to have next year. And you got to go get a receiver, whether it's in the draft or whether it's paying somebody to be your number one wide receiver. And until those things happen, I'm sure you guys, and I know I have said it too, it's going to be a developmental period. This is what a developmental period looks like. And I think we have a tendency as fans, and I'm balancing the fan in me too, to get ahead of ourselves and think, well, once you get through this developmental period, you know, it's, it's only going to be six weeks. It's only going to be nine weeks, 10 weeks. Not necessarily, especially with new offense, especially when you have elements that aren't playing it's great to say our quarterback's going to develop. Yeah, under ideal circumstances. And what's ideal? You have a veteran offensive line and a legit one, number one receiver. The Bears don't have that right now. And now Cody Whitehair is on the IR, maybe their most consistent guy over the last two years. So there's a lot of elements here that not only Fields is trying to contend with, but the line's trying to contend with as well. They're not in lockstep. Luke Getzey's trying to contend with all of these elements. Fields is trying to contend with the line, the pressure, and with what the receivers are doing or not doing right now. Finally, Darnell Mooney had some had some big catches the other day against the Giants. So we're waiting for a lot of things to blossom, and we're hoping for them all to happen very quickly and for them all to happen all at once. And as Theo Epstein used to say, progress is very rarely linear when it comes to professional athletes, and that's, the, that's just the situation we're in. And that's the framework that all of us came in with, and we're always going to revert back to as long as we see all these problems for Fields and the Bears. I don't know if you've had your uh, broadcast meetings with the Bears yet this week, um, but you obviously did the preseason games too. So, you, I mean, you have a pretty good feel for what those meetings are like with Justin Fields, um, with with the coaching staff. You know, I, I sometimes hate when we get into the reading of body language and attitude and things like that. <laughs> yeah. But then at the same time, like in the past couple of weeks, I've heard Dave Wanstead say it on the radio that as a coach, yeah. he does care what his quarterback, you know, the energy that he's exuding in press conferences. Trent sure. Dilfer has said like, I made that mistake early on in my career where I was kind of, you know, crabby and, and, sure. you know, you know, so I do think it matters to a point and it is kind of a, a legitimate storyline to me how a couple weeks ago, Justin Fields came out and was like, you know, I'm going to be more engaging. I talked to my dad about this, blah, blah, blah. And then the last two weeks, it's like he wants to curl up in a shell and, and, and yeah. not even be there, which is fair. Cause I do respect, you know, people's uh, moods and 
sure. you know, things that they want to deal with on a daily basis. Everybody's living their own life, and I, and I totally understand it. I'm just wondering what you've seen from Justin Fields in that regard, and if there's been any kind of difference from even like August. I'll uh, we'll get a chance to talk to him uh, on Saturday when uh, when the when the team gets into Minnesota. So we'll be you know I'll be there on Saturday to talk to them. I I felt like there was a confidence in Fields in the preseason. I'm sure when you come off you know the last game when they played Cleveland and you look really sharp and you know all that good stuff. You no reason not to feel good going into the season, right? There's no reason not to feel like you've made progress, and he did. And progress doesn't mean that it's always going to lead to results. I do think there has been progress, and like you said. The game against the Giants was his best game. He finally saw some of the elements and some flashes of him being able to connect on passes, et cetera. It's the first time maybe all season we've really seen it, and it came at a loss. So in a game where they didn't score a touchdown, you know, like we still saw progress, and you have to find this is what it is when you have a young quarterback. He's going to think something. He's going to try to act on it. The results aren't going to be there. So naturally, when you're 23 or 24 or whatever – your first thought is, well, I guess that doesn't work. That's not necessarily the case. We're all aging rapidly as we continue our <laughs> hey, decline. Hey, speak for yourself. <laughs> I, am, I am breaking down rapidly as I see, just as I speak to you. I am the weakest of the atoms right now, I think. And oh, it's, Yeah, well, as, as, well, well, when you do 100 games a week, then uh, <laughs> that, that tends to happen. I'm, 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 I'm angling towards mediocrity as I speak. Uh, when you're, when, you know, we also understand that progress looks like different things. It doesn't always have to be based on results. Progress can be in the process. And I think he's probably going to have to learn that. And that's probably going to have to be his mental shift. He's probably going to have to accept that at some point. And it's hard because you have an entire fan base clamoring for you in support of you against you at times, because they expect you to, to save the franchise and it's just not there yet. And and I don't want to talk about this team like they're not going to be in contention or something like that. Listen, they're two and two. Three teams in this division have two wins or more. Most of the league has two wins. They're right there. It's not as and it's not as if the schedule is going to be ridiculous going forward for the short for the short term. I think there's I think there's something to take away from how we evaluate young players. And I'm going to look at language. I'm going to look at body language, and yeah, it does tell a little bit of the story. It tells about the current state, about frustration right now, about confidence right now. What you did literally that day, and we run into these guys for one out of the six days of preparation that they have, and we try to evaluate how they sound, how they feel, especially when you get veteran guys. You know, everybody's talked to Aaron Rodgers a, a thousand times. They've talked to Tom Brady hundreds of times. Like. What more are you really going to talk about? So you try to evaluate how he came in. What was the mood? What was it like? How is he feeling? Is he in a good mood? Like, it's hard to try to take a ton away from that. But at the same time, you have to understand that he's young. And I am I know I'm painting a rosy picture. I don't even think I'm painting a rosy picture. I don't even think I'm telling you it's all going to be great. I'm telling you it's how it is right now. And it's not atypical of what to of what young quarterbacks go through at this level and we've seen it for a long time and i'm just saying we're we wanted him to be the man and his ceiling can certainly be the man we just wanted him to be there right away like some prodigy and he's not he's learning like every other quarterback has to trevor lawrence was dealing with the same thing last year and now jacksonville's offense has had some really good moments in the first four weeks he's he's also learning a new system and yeah you want justin to elevate to that level but he had a lot of the same problems. He doesn't have as many of those issues anymore. Justin is still dealing with a lot of those issues. So I'm trying to slow the roll a little bit for his sake because I do think he's got a lot of talent, and I do think you can build around him for the future. I'm glad you brought up Lawrence there for, for a second because I was going to ask you about Matt Eberflus's place in this process. Obviously, the, sure. the Jaguars hired well someone with more experience, a Super Bowl winner, Doug Peterson. He, he yep. knows a good offense, an offense that works. Then you have the return to the Lovey Smith era of football here in Chicago. I'm just curious your take on that. Being a Chicagoan, having been close yep. to this team, you know, knowing what Lovey meant to this organization, now you have Matt Eberflus. Where do you think he fits in this process with well the culture and the and fields is the, the development? So I think you're starting to see a shift in attitude in this city from let's lean on the eighty five defense. 
let's be a hard-nosed, defensive-minded unit. Let's only give up X amount of points per game, which, by the way, they are doing. The point totals that they've given up have not been bad. The problem has been they're giving up way too many yards in the run game, and they're hoping that they get takeaways, which last week you got some takeaways. Bojack played well. Bojack's played well. You know, Eddie Jackson's played better these last few weeks. He looks like a different guy from what you guys and what I saw last year. So there are some good moments, but the attitude is shifting away from hard-nosed defense. Let's build our entire franchise off being the lunch pail hard hat people. I don't think people want that anymore. I think that that's finally starting to be left in the rear view for a while because forever we, all we did was eat off the plate of 85, right? And every time we had a good defense, it was, all right, the bears are back monsters of the midway. Here we go. You're starting to see in 2022, almost 40 years after that Super Bowl win now, you're starting to see why there's frustration because it's an offensive-minded league. Even though offense is down right now in the NFL, across the board, offense is down. But this is an offense and quarterback-driven league. And when you haven't seen consistent offensive production for a long time since Cutler was quarterback, you haven't seen a significant – the Bears have gone almost 400 games without a 400-yard passer. They haven't had a 400-yard passer this century. Jim Miller was the last 400-yard passer in 99 for the Bears. We haven't seen a 400-yard passing game in this century. So I think that's where the frustration is starting to come in for fans because they look around the rest of the league and see RPO game, quick uh, quick game, uh, multiple, uh, multiple uh, formation offenses that can use the same personnel. Big-bodied receivers that can do things that only speed guys used to be able to do. Uh, versatile guys like Debo Samuel who can do everything and literally win games for an offense that leaves so much to be desired in San Francisco. But guess what? They have a great defense, but they also have a superstar on offense that can change your game. So Bears fans are probably seeing that. And to me, it feels like the attitude has shifted from let's lean on defense because that's what signified and personified this city and its football for three decades. I think they're starting to come around to, we need offense. We need a superstar receiver. We need a a superstar at quarterback eventually. We need to score points. And I think that's how the attitude overall, from my perspective as a fan to an evaluator, to an observer, to a combination of those things now, that's what it feels like to me, that fans want to see this franchise catch up to a lot of the other franchises around the NFL, and they're just a little bit slower doing that. I'm not saying they're not doing the right things or drafting the right players, but it's just a slower process for whatever reason for this organization than it has been for some others, and it's probably because they were eating off 85 for a long time. So, Johns, we're in a unique perspective this week with our uh, Thursday guest because, um, you know, we do these over-unders every week, and typically one of them has to do with the broadcast, and (laughs) now the guy called in the game. You have these players. This is this is this is uh, insider trading. This is this yeah, is terrible. Well, this is that version well, of it. Yeah, except it's not really a real over under. Right. Of course. <laughs> you know, so it's not like we're breaking gambling laws or anything here. But I, I see Jaws does have down on a on a rundown Rams slash Packers same tree references between Kevin O'Connell and Luke Getze, <laughs> and he sets it at one and a half. Give us so, two. <laughs> You want to? You want you want at least two references to uh, how these guys connect? Because I was going to take the under here, but I don't know. Yeah, how many wide zone uh, references can we make to the Shanahan tree? Right? Like, yes. And, and of course, who am I working with? My guy Schlereth. There you go. Big, See, there's one right now. He's a Mike Shanahan guy. He knew Kyle Ooh, Shanahan when he was about dating yeah. this offense. So it might not be from me. So if I'm again, I'm not giving you a, this is this is an inside info. We can we no. come on, we talk over unders, and we say, hey, here's why I think they'll hit the over this week. Here's why I think it'll hit the over this week. Who <laughs> say may not be me? If I if you're like if if you're if you're in fantasy and you got a back and a receiver, the back may not get you the points, but the receiver might. So I think Schlereth is the receiver in this case. Good point. Good point. Might have to I might have to switch to the over on that one. <laughs> uh, and then and then one more. Uh, Hogan John's podcast references on the broadcast. I'm oh, so at, a, at a half. At a half. Send it no, at a half. Just, you're, you're gutting for the over here, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Not asking for anything. Just, you know, <laughs> well, you know, throwing just it this, out there. If, if the conversation of coaching trees come up, be like, I had this great yeah. conversation with the guys in Hogan John's. <laughs> well, here, here's, I think the conversation about 
I think it was a great question uh, about just how it's changed, about like how my attitudes change, about how like like the perception of the organization is gone. Again, I'm not saying these are bad things or good things. I'm saying this is how it feels. This is what the perception feels like that the frustrations come because they don't score. This is a bad offense right now, and I'm not saying yeah. it's going to be forever or for the rest of the season. But right now, stacked up against the rest of the league, it's not a great offense. So I think that's where some of the consternation comes, even though there's 15 teams that have two wins. Half the league has two wins, yeah. and you're in that half of the league, and that's okay. There's one undefeated team. There's like seven teams that have three wins. It's not like anybody's running away with this just yet, and offense is down across the league. So at worst, the Bears are on par with a lot of the league right now, and I know that's never where you want to be, but it's a lot better than being where you might be considering – the rest of the rest of the schedule, rest of the league, your division right now, which is pretty competitive. It's been a pretty good NFC North so far. Even with Detroit losing three games, their offense is pretty good. So, I, I know there's a lot to parse through, but I, I don't think the uh, I, I don't think we're the cloud. You know, the sun's setting on the season in week five. By any it's, means. it's parody, right? And that's like, that. It's why this sport is perfect. Look, look, why look, everybody like, loves this thing. And like the Lions, like this cracks me up. This is the most Lions stat of all Lions stats, right? What are they averaging? Like thirty-five point thirty-five a game or something? And they're and they're allowing what thirty-five point three? They're allowing like thirty-five a game. Yeah, that like is this the is Lions. this is the yeah. I saw them week one, 38-35 game. You watch them last week, forty-eight forty-five against Seattle. Like <laughs> that's what the Lions are right now, man. They're would you and would you rather be in that position? Would you rather have an offense with a with a, a quarterback that's good, maybe not elite, but good, but a defense that can't do anything? Well, you know, what I would say, that, I think that's a good question, Adam. And the way I would answer that is, you know, from a Bears perspective, yes, I'd rather have the <laughs> offense established sure. and then have to fix the defense sure. yeah. than the opposite way. And around. that you know is I mean? an attitude shift, my friend. That is yes. not how Bears fans thought for a long time. They said, as right. long as the defense plays well. We'll figure out the offense, and that's how the attitude, just in the last ten years, probably has started to shift away from that that mentality. No, we need to score. You have to score in this yeah. league to win. You can win on defense for sure, and I know the defense wins championships mantra. I don't think that that will ever go away. I do think it has a lot to do with who steps up, and defenses have a tendency to play up because of the speed that they play at come playoff time. They can still just run and fly to the football. That's why defense is typically play better come playoff time. But you're seeing that attitude shift. Defense wins championships, yes, but you have to score the points. And scoring points keeps you in games, and it keeps you in a season, and it keeps you alive to make a playoff run. And until we see that, that attitude is going to maintain uh, amongst fans right now in Chicago, and I don't blame them. Adam, I mean, yeah. you're the best. Uh, we'll let you go. I have to say, though, that, you know, these weeks get pretty stressful and busy. My favorite part of the week was having you and Stacy back in my living room on uh, Tuesday night with that Bulls preseason game. It's just Thanks, boys. That's fun, awesome. It was fun. awesome. Yeah. It was, it was fun awesome. hearing you guys it was, again. It was, it, was, it was awesome being back. It was, uh, and I'm glad you guys had a good time, man. Seriously, that's, that's what we're here for. We got another one Friday, and then uh, we'll go call some bears. All right. Awesome, man. There he is, Adam Amin. Uh, enjoy the call this weekend, Bears-Vikings, and safe trip to Minnesota. Thanks, boys. Always a pleasure to be part of the Triple Adam formation. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Adam. Is. Adam Amin. Uh, let the record show. He changed the subject so fast when I uh, asked for the Hogan Johns over-under. <laughs> <laughs> Never, we're going to get one. I, I gave him the perfect setup, I feel like. Yeah. Talking to these great dudes named Adam. But you know what I love about him is like that's how he does some of his prep. Like he's yeah. watching CHGO yesterday. He's 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 a longtime Hogan Johns guy. We love him. He's the oh. best. And of course, uh, calls all the Bulls games with Stacey King, and that is entertaining. A lot of times, uh, the Bulls are entertaining. I, I still like watching the Bulls right now. Hopefully, they can string together a full season unlike last year when things kind of fell apart. But well, they gotta, they gotta need a certain guard to get over his injuries. True. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Got your happy price, price line. All right. Um, let's, uh, we, two more over under since they kind of included one of them in there. Uh, I right. assume. Yeah, go ahead. No, I like that. I like that. Well done. Well done. Uh, all right. Here, uh, quickly. Catches for Justin Jefferson. I got him at nine and a half. I do think establishing the, the Vikings run game will not only lead. Forget the naked bootlegs for Kirk Cousins. The play action game is going to open up Justin Jefferson. So how many catches he get? I got at nine and a half. I'm going to take the under. Ooh. Um, and trust nine. me, he's on my. He's a, <laughs> yeah. He's on my fantasy team, so I hope it's over. Uh, so this is clearly an unbiased take here. But I'm going to take the under for two reasons. One, if I'm the Vikings, I just run the damn ball all day and, you know, move on to next week. Uh, the second is, I think, like, if I'm the Bears, especially if Jalen Johnson's not playing, I, I, they got to try some, like, you know, bracket bracketing. I was, about, I was just about to use that word. Bracket him some form of double coverage. I, I I might end up being Adam Thielen, who has the bigger day in terms of touchdowns and um in total yard. I still think Justin Jefferson probably has a like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking six seven catches. Still, he's gonna get one big thirty yard catch at some point. I I would say like a fifty yard catch. I could see it now. Like Cousins likes to go deep, and and, and again instead of that bootleg where Jones runs all day, Cousins is gonna stand back there all day and go deep. To, to Jefferson, who's going to have like five, six, seven, eight yards of separation. Yeah. And then it comes down to tackling. All right, final over, and on, over, under, over, under. There we go. Catches for Darnell Mooney. He broke out last game with a few. I got it a four and a half in this one. What did he finish, three? It was four, four. I have it right here. Oh, he had four the other day. Hold on. I'll take the over. I, I think they, they continue to do that. I also... Four for 94, five targets. Here's the thing. The Bears are probably going to be trailing in this game. Like, it, I, I I, think they're going to be have to throw the ball a little bit more. So I'll take the over on that. I'll take, you know, let's say six catches. Okay. Yeah. All right. There Make you go. Fantasy owners are happy. What do you got on that one? I was going to go over five. Okay. I think they, they make a concerted effort to establish him again. What else? Have Go ahead. To. I'm listening. All right. We got to get to uh, picks then. What's your bold prediction in this one? Bold predictions. Does Darnell Mooney catching six passes count? Yes. I'm going okay, back there to, it is. <laughs> I'm going back to Cole Komet touchdown. Oh, man. It's been a long wait. Like, eventually, like, I was watching the... My son. They don't throw on, the ball in the red zone ever, though. I, I know, I know, I know. Pat <laughs> Finley had like a stat. There's like 40 plays of between run or pass and pass that, that happen in, in, in the red zone for them or something like that. I'm completely botching that stat, but it's not a good. Wait, stat what did you just say? 40 plays. There, there's a, a duration between passes in the red oh. zone for the Bears. That's yeah, quite elongated. I I forget the exact stat. Our friend Patrick Finley has it, but it doesn't sound good. He asked that question to Justin Fields yesterday, and Justin Fields wasn't having any of it. But um, Justin Fields uh, just did not want to be there yesterday. Like, just I woke up this morning and my sons were watching the um, like the highlights, the highlight packages that Hulu puts together. It's like bang, 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 like three minutes each, right? Just the highlights. And for the Bears, how they get to how they get no, three minutes? No, no, for for the entire league. So you're, oh. you're yeah. <laughs> Smart guy over here. What's that? George George Costanza. Funny guy right here. Where is that? There we go. Where's my point? There we go. Right there. Um, You got Kenny Pickett. He ain't through three interceptions, but he's completing passes. Zach Wilson in like a second game back. He's completing passes. Jared Goff looks like he's Jared Goff from the Rams again. You got like guys across the league completing. Cooper Rush completing passes. Like eventually, Justin Fields has to complete some passes, right? Yeah, it like it eventually. just has to happen. It has to happen. Geno Smith is like completing eighty percent of his passes. I want to bring that up with you, by the way, because you bashed the Geno, Geno Smith, Smith. Thing's crazy. <laughs> you bashed him last week, then he went like twenty nine for like thirty one and and beat uh, well the the Lions. Well, it's the Lions. Well, they're playing the Lions. Still did it. 
He does outrank like even Tom Brady in a lot of stats right now. In completion percentage. He's got over a thousand yards passing in four games. Like that stuff's happening. Justin Fields could could pass the ball. It's gotta happen does, sometime. Does Justin Fields have four hundred yards passing through four games? Want it? I'll break it up. You really want it? Well, here, let's Yeah, that's not that hard to find. I, I got his season stats actually like in, in chart form. Oh, I don't have the chart up right now. Let's see if I can find it real quick. He's at 471 yards. Geno Smith has doubled that. And his completion percentage is 50.7. Not good. Not good. Um, Fox, noon. Bears of Vikings. Vikings, minus seven. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the Vikings, and I'm taking the Vikings to cover. What do you got for a score? Uh... 31 to uh, 31 to 17. Vikings win. See, I, I do think somehow the the Bears will might manage to keep this score close, but they still lost to the Giants by two. I, I'm thinking like 16. Well, that's the Bears total. Say 24 16 Vikings. 24 16. So you get the cover. Cairo Santos comes back, kicks a few field goals. Cole Komet gets his touchdown. 24-16. And it's on to Washington. Okay. We tried to reach out to the man who died in this pursuit. Uh, They were unavailable for comment. Micah, back. Uh, Let's get to some other games. Another London game. The... Green Bay Packers making their international debut. No idea how they managed to worm their way out of going uh, out of America all these years. But they are the last NFL team to play an international game. It's their first trip to London. And the Giants, who the Bears just saw, will be there. Giants, Packers. Packers are an eight-point favorite. Same warning as last week. This is an 8.30 Central Time game. So make sure your fantasy lineups are set, uh, especially those of you listening on the West Coast, because 6.30 really in the morning. Early. Yeah, that is a 6.30 start for you. Do it while and, you're at uh, the bar on Saturday night. Watch right. some college games. That's what you do. And if you're in Hawaii, that's a 3.30 start. Don't even bother. <laughs> Plus, you got to wake up I got the Packers by time. Packers by time. Yeah, I agree. I think like last week, I was hesitant. I ended up correctly picking the Patriots um, to cover because it's just like Bill, 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 check. I didn't think they'd go to overtime, but this week against the Giants, like I don't think the Giants are that good. What's their quarterback situation? Also, Daniel Jones was back. He practiced this week. Okay. By the way, you are now up to, I meant to tweet this out because people need to know this. Beyond just the podcast, you are now seventeen and eight on the season. I'm good. Thanks I'm to good, Nick Villarreal, who's been keeping Thank track you, of the keep them coming because I do not have time. Yeah, to do I got to reply to his DM. Thank you, Nick. I know you're listening. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, and so you went four and two last week. I went three and three. My record's thirteen and twelve, which you know against the spread, you take a yeah, plus five hundred record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're winning, but you're just killing it. You're you're Geno Smith. You're completing sixty eight percent of your picks. <laughs> so we got the All Vikings, right. and we're taking the Packers to cover their their eight. I like them by ten or more. Packers, yeah, I, I I think so too. You know, we're trying to expand this package. Has he struggled with expanding his package? That is the Colts the, PA announcer. Yeah, the Colts PA announcer <laughs> expanding his package. He's he is expanding his his. Professional package. Now he's doing PA down in uh, Indianapolis. JJ JJ Stankovitz. Also known as the Colts. Larry Mayer. Ooh. Not anymore. No. No, he he has surpassed that. Larry Mayer's not doing the PA at Soldier Field. (laughs) Could you imagine? (laughs) Throwing in some one-liners. Movie quotes. Yeah. (laughs) Fox Noon. Lions at Patriots. Take the over, number one. I'm sure it's high anyway. Patriots um, are 
Yeah, but the problem here, this is an interesting matchup because the Patriots are three-point favorites. You would think they'd actually be higher. But they have Bailey Zappi at quarterback. Again, Bailey Zappi is throwing the ball all over the field. Like, I don't care who your offensive line is. Like, sometimes, like, Bailey Zappi is producing. Um, I'm going to take the Lions to bounce back this week. Yeah. I think he, I think they're still going to be able to score, and I think it's going to be hard for the Patriots with their quarterback situation to actually keep up. Well, I wouldn't be surprised Lions, if the so Lions helps. win up, win out this game. See, I'm going to pick the Lions to cover, but I could see Bailey Zappi. Is that his name, Bailey Zapp? Zappi, I believe. Zappi. Mm-hmm. Patriots win by like a, a field goal at, at the end, not to, not for the push, but for like a two point win. Pool reporter Adam Hodge. Hoge. 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 Hodge. 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 His interview with referee Tony Carrenti. See, if Adam Amin did give us a shout out on the broadcast, he would have to keep the tradition going by pronouncing my name wrong. Yeah. That'd really be the only way what to do it. What would you prefer? Hoagie or Hoge? <laughs> well, the best of all time is Les Grobstein, Les Grobstein calling me Adam Hogg. Yeah. When I worked at the outlet and regularly <laughs> talked to him. Hog. Like the, the animal? <laughs> yeah. But that was the inside story on that was that was an actual Ron Burgundy moment because the producer purposely spelled my name on the screen H O G. And he read it as Adam Hog. Yeah. R. I. P. That is a Burgundy. That's moment. All right, uh, Fox 325, it's Eagles at the Cardinals. The Eagles are a five-point road favorite. The Cardinals uh, were able to bounce back last week when in Carolina. The Eagles have been rolling. This is uh, this is actually, I'll be honest, this is kind of a tough game to pick. What do you got? E- Eagles win, Cardinals cover. Yeah, I kind of lean in that way too. Five-point home dogs. Eagles are the better team. They should win. But Cardinals should be able to cover that. Yeah, I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover too. And at some point, like the the smart the smart play in the NFL is like kind of to fade teams, like almost pick the opposite of what you think should happen because <laughs> it's the NFL and it just gets crazy. So I think this could end up being a closer game, but it's hard to pick the uh, Cardinals actually win. So I'm I'm not going to go uh, that that far. Let's pound the ball right up there. Knock on wood if you're with me, man. All right. Why is ass uh, bleeped in that? Mm-hmm. You cut it. Did I? It's from Hard Knock, so it wouldn't have been bleeped on the show. Maybe I did that. Oh, Fox Ken 325. <laughs> what? Ken's explaining it in the private chat. Uh, maybe we won't, we won't say that either. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, I see why. Okay, that makes sense. All right, Fox Street 25, Cowboys at the Rams. Minus five and a half. The Rams are favored in this game. Rams win, Cowboys cover. I'm surprised this is so much, right? I mean, Rams coming off a loss. Cowboys, I mean, Cooper Rush has been playing pretty well. Yes. Mark Carmen has adopted Cooper Rush as his quarterback. He thinks he he's just better. likes like, the, the backup. Yeah, QB. Josh McCown types. He, he's the official McCowney fan president. Cooper Rush probably going to have a very Josh McCown career. Yeah. I, I'm going to well, take the Cowboys here. Forever. The, the Cowboys have been finding ways to win. To win? To um, win? I, no, I still think the Rams will win, but five yeah. and a half is too many points for me. Yeah, Rams win, Cowboys cover. Here comes so, the, the weekly coffee burp. Three weekly? You did it Tuesday. You do know this podcast happens three times a week, right? Semi-weekly. Yes, it does. Okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure you know that. Chris, uh, Matt Nagy has always been kind of the past half-full kind of guy. <laughs> it's the one of the greatest ones of all time. Uh, NBC on Sunday night, uh, 7.20 p.m. Bengals at Ravens. This is a good game. Did I lose you on that? No, one? The, the sound bite gets better. Like you know, like if, if Matt Nagy's always been kind of an ass, <laughs> ass half uh, full. Anyway, um, 
Great game. Potentially the best game of the weekend. I kind of like the Bengals winning out right here. Ooh. They did bounce back last week. They are a pretty good team. I think the Ravens at home, though, is uh, is too tough. Okay. Night night game. Hang on, let me look up. Let me look up one thing here before I commit to this. Since since now we actually have the pressure of people keeping track of what we're actually saying on this podcast. <laughs> so you just this have is, to go with what's working for you. Now you're gonna overthink it. No, I'm not gonna overthink it. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Ravens. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you can't take out the game they blew to Miami because they did blow it, but they were killing Miami in that game before things got out of hand. They had a good win against the Patriots last week. I mean, I still think the Bills are really, really good. So they end up losing that game. I think they bounce back with a win. Sunday Night Football, even with the three points, I will take the Ravens. Okay. Boom. All right. Fun show. Always good to have Adam Amin on here. Uh, appreciate him jumping on his busy week. couple Bulls games and obviously uh, going to Minnesota this weekend for Bears-Vikings. And... Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. Coverage, plenty of it on the athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, all C H G O dot com as well. We will be back Sunday, post game, to wrap it all up. Bears, Vikings, man. I don't know if it's gonna be pretty. Maybe they'll surprise. Maybe we'll have a, a surprise Sunday fun episode for you. I don't know. Tough we'll matchup, see. though. We'll see. All right, any final thoughts? Always? No. No. There you go. Talk to you Sunday. See ya. You know, we're trying to expand this package. Has he struggled with expanding his package?